Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Andrew Podorowski, the leading scorer in the AHL. He's got the puck up to Slavin. Slavin walks the blue line, sends it down low, looking for a chance as Niederreiter. Look at back to Podorowski. He wins one right A good look at Kodkiniemi to Slavin. His drive goes wide of Nedeljkovic's net. Kept in by D'Angelo. Good work by the Kings defenseman. As he'll work it to Slavin across. Now a shot is hammered by Kodkiniemi. Rebound chance to score! Kokiniemi into the Red Wing zone. A minute 25 to play here in the first period. Now set up to the slot. Shot put on Drury. Second chance. He scores! Jack Drury in his first NHL game gives the Carolina Hurricanes a 3-2 lead. Bertuzzi comes up with a turnover. He'll get it to Larkin. Back to Bertuzzi. And sliding across. Making the save is Anderson. Touch hit. Anderson got to that one. Oh, Mr. Anderson. And Carolina will clear one back into the Detroit zone. Wow. What a job going side to side and having to seal the post with his paddle on Bertuzzi from Anderson. Oh boy, this may have gone in. That's the only reason that they would blow the buzzer during play. 841, the line. Hanging on to the puck is Bertuzzi. He'll try to spin away from Drury. Smith with a big hit. Now Bertuzzi out in front. Anderson! This one doesn't go in! So much easier said than done, putting a goal behind you. And here's a chance for Niederreiter. He's in. Anidokovic brings it off the post. He scores! It hits the inside of the post. A Swiss missile. Niederreiter second of the game. 18 seconds into the third. It's 4-3. Larkin keeps it just inside the Canes' blue line. He'll flip it back for Bertuzzi. Pesci takes it away from him. Trocek tries to clear. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. That was fun, wasn't it? Hurricanes 5, Detroit 3. Hurricanes 16 skaters, Detroit 18. Seems like 
an unfair advantage for the Red Wings there, but obviously it was not. And as Rod Brindamore will tell you, probably, like, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that your 16 skaters can beat their 18 uh, if you play the right way. And for the most part, the Hurricanes did, apart from about 12 minutes in the middle of the second period. But um, honestly, considering the way Rod shortens his bench in the third, I really didn't didn't really notice that the Hurricanes were skating with just 16. The What was noticeable was no Sebastian Ajo, no Jordan Stahl, no Andre Svechnikov. No, those guys, right? Those, those three horses not in the lineup, that was what was noticeable. Uh, but there were a lot of other things that were noticeable in a good way for the Hurricanes tonight, and we will talk about uh, all of them. We'll check in with Alec Campbell as well, get his perspective on the game. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check it out. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Again, uh, siding, roofing, entry door, storm doors, gutter helmets, you name it, they've got it. Uh, they have the best customer service in the industry. Aluminumcompany.com. All right, I'm going to start here with the guy I thought was the third star of the game, not the first star of the game, but uh, it, considering that the Hurricanes played as well as they did, the fact that I genuinely believe that Jack Drury was the third best player in this game, uh, I think says a lot about the way Jack Drury played. Jack Drury is an NHL guy coming. He is going to be in the NHL. Uh, obviously, he's probably going to play the next two weeks in the NHL. But we might see Jack Drury again later in the season. Who knows? Injury, the guy is a player. He knows how to play, smart as hell. When I asked Rod Brindamore about him before the game, 200-foot player, he is going to be, he's going to play in Carolina's top nine. He might even play uh, in their top six going forward. He is a really good player. Uh, and I thought he played a really good game tonight. And I would have said that had he not scored his first NHL goal. Uh, but Jack Drury is a really, really smart hockey player. Uh, and I don't think it can be overlooked what he did uh, last year, opting out. The Ivy League wasn't going to play a season, so he wasn't. He had nowhere to go. Uh, the Hurricanes had not signed him yet, so the Hurricanes weren't going to sign him. So he went over, went and played in Sweden, and uh, was third in their Rookie of the Year voting. You know, the Hurricanes had a a guy finish third in the Calder. Uh, race here, Alex Nedeljkovic, who wasn't great tonight. And Jack Drury finished third in the Swedish League's Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, and the Swedish League is probably... It's certainly no worse than the third best uh, pro league in the in the world. Although it might not be better than the AHL, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but in terms of uh, top leagues in uh, Europe... It's either the uh, Swedish Elite League or it's the KHL, but uh, the Swedish, you played against men, and that's what Jack Drury did last year, and Jack Drury looked like an NHL player tonight. He didn't look like a call-up from the AHL. Rod Brindamore is right. Uh, there were some tough moments for Drury, especially in that second period where he got uh, matched up with Tyler Bertuzzi a couple of times, and that guy uh, is a big-time player. Uh, but 
I thought Jack played really, really well tonight. Uh, he had a goal, obviously. He had four shots on goal. He had a couple of hits. He blocked a couple of shots. He was 6-2 and two in the faceoff circle. Yeah, Jack Jury played, uh, got a bunch of time on the dot and played in the middle. Uh, so good good for Jack Jury. Good for the future of the Hurricanes because Jury is going to be a part of it. Uh, thought, yes, Barry, Coach Kenny played well tonight. I could seriously considered him for a star. Yes, I know. Uh, he was in too deep, should have been covering the point for Brett Pesci on the, I guess it was the second uh, Detroit goal. I think it was the second Detroit goal. Uh, yeah, it was the second one. Uh, it was really right after Brett Pesci nearly made it 3-1. But, um, yeah, Kokodiemi needs to be higher, and he needs to be so he can get back a lot more easily. But he wasn't, he didn't, and Dylan Larkin made it 2-2. But other than that, I mean, I thought Kokodiemi was excellent tonight. And he played a hard game, and he made the play that allowed Jack Drury to score his first NHL goal. Uh, good hard play, held the puck against the wall, bought time until Drury could get in, and uh, Kokodiemi fed him right in the slot. Drury followed his, uh, his own rebound, good offensive rebound, uh, excellent analytics there. Uh, but I thought he was really good, Kokodiemi, tonight. And it's nice to see him play it up, man. It's uh, number two center tonight. Uh, I thought Vincent Trocek was excellent tonight. And I not only thought he was excellent, I rewarded him. I didn't. The empty net goal does nothing for me. Uh, Trocek was a horse tonight, an absolute horse. And that line with Natchez on the right and Nino on the left was dominant, absolutely dominant line. Uh, could have done more damage, didn't. Uh, but I thought Trocek was great tonight. I thought Nino, uh, I thought Nino obviously played a great game. Uh, but I thought Marty played a great game. He he d- did have his usual puck management issues in the first period. Uh, but I thought he he hounded pucks tonight. He was awesome on retrievals tonight. And I thought uh, he played a he took a dumb penalty. But I guess he was just playing the role of Andre Svechnikov. Because I thought he played a hard game tonight. So good for uh, good for Natchez. Uh, Nino was great. Um, Nino's been really good lately. You know, beginning of the season, Nino Ryder was playing, I thought, his best hockey as a hurricane, and it wasn't even about scoring. Nino was just playing well defensively. He looked quicker, like he might be in better shape. And then he has the foot injury, or whatever you want to call it, lower body. And uh, when he came back, he wasn't the same. But Nino has really cranked it up. Like, I don't think he's been amazing the last two weeks, but he does have 11 points in his last 10 games, so the points have been there. But I thought Nino was great tonight. And the two goals, hey, man, uh, you see where the Hurricanes are starting to score their goals, right? Ajo really started it. In the crease, right there. First uh, power play right away, 2.08 in. Uh, 205 in, rather. Uh, Nino at the side of the goal. Jesper Faust in front. Andrew Podorowski gets a shot through. Faust tips the rebound over to Nino. And Nino just uh, whacks it into what really was an empty net. Uh, so it's one nothing. But where are they? Right on the doorstep. Second goal for Carolina. Tony D'Angelo uh, coming in. Smart play to sneak in the back door uh, and uh, pounce on a puck. And it's 2-1. Uh, so, D'Angelo, Brett Pesci was great tonight. 
Pesci played a really strong game, uh, played over 23 minutes. He was second on the team uh, among defensemen in ice time. Uh, Pesci was third on the team in total ice time. Jacob Slavin uh, only played 23.55 tonight. I say only because he'd been playing like 29 or more the last four. Uh, but he's had plenty of time to rest since the Hurricanes haven't played since Sunday. But Pesci was good. Uh, D'Angelo was excellent, I thought, tonight. He has the goal, but just the way he competes in the defensive zone, it's just it's tremendous. And look, I, I don't, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to get on my soapbox again about uh, the only thing that players care about, right? He's just a good player. Flat, good player. And uh, we're, we're probably getting more uh, defensively out of Tony D'Angelo than we thought we'd get. But he's just been really good. He has been an excellent part of this team. And I think he gives a, brings a little attitude that the Carolina Hurricanes have not had. And you, I just do not, do not think you can overlook that type of thing uh, when you're trying to build a hockey club to win in the playoffs. You have to have an attitude. You have to have an attitude. The uh, The penalty kill was its usual self. Uh, three for three. Freddie Anderson allowed, I didn't like two of the goals. Uh, the first goal was clearly a bad one uh, because it's not, I mean, the puck was deflected. I don't know whose stick deflected. I think it might have been Jesper Faust. Uh, so it def- it deflects off of, it's Sam Gagne comes out from behind the net and Foss gets a stick and the puck is deflected up. But really, it was Anderson's positioning that was the problem. So from that angle, you just hug your short side post. You don't give any room there. If they're going to score, they have to beat your far side. Uh, but there was a lot of room. And uh, Freddie gets beat short side on that. Uh, second goal, Dylan Larkin. Um, okay. I mean, breakaway. Freddie got a piece. Still leaked through. Fine. The third goal, the Bertuzzi goal, the one that we thought that Freddie stopped, here's where I, here's why I think he should have stopped it. If there is one thing that I have noticed about Anderson that is, I'm not saying troubling, but I think a weakness of his, is that wraparound goals are there against him. He does not get from post to post on rap chances as quickly as you would like. So that is going to happen. There are going to be plenty of wraparound goals on Freddie Anderson, and it's just not a strong suit of Freddie Anderson's. Otherwise, I thought Freddie played uh, played really well tonight. Uh, but there was a lot of guys that played well. Uh, obviously, Jesper Faust, uh, I didn't have him as one of my stars. They did in the arena. I thought he played well. Uh, Slavin and Pesci played well. So did D'Angelo. Uh, Brady Shea was really good tonight. I mean, they had they, they had their best players. They had to go. Their best players had to play. Um, and it's going to be a, t- a tough go between now and the holidays and maybe even a little bit after. Uh, somebody asked me the question um, on Twitter. Does, even though Aho and Jarvis are back in the United States, do they still have to quarantine for the 14 days before they can play? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, the simple answer would probably be, I think so, but I don't know. And uh, maybe that they're back stateside, they can come back uh, and play right after the holiday. It would be really good if they could come back and play after the holiday. Uh, but let's remember, 
Uh, nobody will have skated. Aho and Jarvis and Stahl and Svechnikov uh, and Lawrence and Ian Cole, none of those guys are going to skate until the day after Christmas. So to expect any of them, even if they're uh, eligible, to expect any of them to come back and play on the 27th, that's a hard thing to ask. That is a hard thing to ask. So the lineup that you're seeing tonight, that you saw tonight with Stefan Nason, who's an NHL player, played with Vegas last year. Uh, Andrew Podorowski, who is, I mean, he's a 4A player or just a, uh, a AAA player, whatever, um, but he can help you. Uh, and Jack Drury, who is a future NHLer. Those guys will, if I had to guess, be joined by Josh Lavo and C.J. Smith. Those have been the best players down there. I mean, theoretically, you might see a prospect. Jamison Reese has been playing a little bit lately. Uh, maybe you see Jamison Reese come back up, but my guess is they're going to go with more veteran players um, and let the young guys, the prospects, really continue developing in Chicago. Uh, but that's my guess that uh, C.J. Smith and Josh Leva will be called up. Uh, Levo's played well down there. C.J. Smith has as well. He's one of the top three scorers for Chicago. Uh, the top uh, top two scorers are right here, or two of the top three, uh, in Podorowski and Stefan Nason. Uh, and C.J. Smith is number two, I believe, on the Wolves in scoring. They had a game at 11 o'clock today in the morning. I don't know if they won or not. Uh, but they were obviously shorthanded because they were missing three pretty good players because uh, Jack Drury, Andrew Podorowski, and Stefan Nason were all up here. Uh, so Carolina played well. Jack Drury played 16 minutes and five seconds. Vincent Trocek played 23-29. Uh, Nino Niederreiter played nearly 20 minutes, 1957. Turbo played over 20 minutes. Martin Natchez, 23-20. Are you kidding? So Trocek, man, played 23 and a half minutes. It's not about Second on the team in ice time, Vincent Trocek. So Rod was going to lean on his best players. We knew that. Uh, but it was cool to see how it all shook out. Uh, so uh, real quick as we go through the goals, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell uh, on the other side. Uh, Nino Niederreiter goes first, 2.05 into the first period on the power play. Andrew Podorowski, the leading scorer in the AHL. He's got the puck up to Slavin. Slavin walks the blue line, sends it down low, looking for a chance as Niederreiter. We get back to Podorowski. He wins one right Play, good play by uh, by Jesper Faust in front, uh, bothering Alex Nedeljkovic, and he kind of, uh, I think he t he actually hit the puck first, and then it fell to Nino, who just uh, deposited it right in the goal. Sam Gagne made it 1-1 about uh, three and a half minutes later, coming out from behind the net and beating Freddie Anderson uh, short side from a tough angle. Not a good goal for Freddie to allow. Uh, and then two minutes after that, Tony D'Angelo welcomed himself back to the lineup, pouncing on a loose puck. A little help there is a good look at Kokinyemi to Slavin. His drive goes wide of Nedeljkovic's net. Kept in by D'Angelo. Good work by the Kings defenseman. As he'll work it to Slavin across. Now a shot is hammered by Kokinyemi. Rebound chance to score! Carolina back on top, 2-1.
A little bit later on, uh, Dylan Larkin would tie it at two on a breakaway chance, beating Freddie Anderson five hole. And then at 1840, it's Jack Drury getting the first of what we all hope will be many in a Hurricanes uniform. And now it's Kokinami into the Red Wing zone. A minute 25 to play here, the first period. Now sent up to the slot. Shot put on Drury. Second chance. He scores! Jack Drury! Everybody was excited. That's how the period ended. The only goal in the second period was this strange one from Tyler Bertuzzi, which we didn't think was a goal right away. Bertuzzi comes up with a turnover. He'll get it to Larkin, back to Bertuzzi, and sliding across, making the same as Anderson. Touch hits. Anderson got to that one. Oh, Mr. Anderson in Carolina. will clear this one back into the Detroit zone. Wow. What a job going side to side and having to seal the post with his paddle on Bertuzzi from Anderson. Oh boy, this may have gone in. That's the only reason that they would blow the buzzer during play. 841, the puck did cross the line. And uh, when it goes over the line, they call that a goal. Uh, Carolina went to the third period tied at three. 18 seconds later, no longer tied. And here's a chance for Niederreiter. He's in. Anidokovic brings it off the post. He scores! It hits the inside of the post. A Swiss missile. Niederreiter's second of the game. 18 seconds into the third. It's 4-3. Good play by Martin Natchez to flip the puck out into the zone. And Nino uh, saw the lane, took it, and also uh, realized that Ned was kind of down already in the butterfly. One thing that I was told about Alex Nedeljkovich, as great a season as he had last year, and he had a great season, is that small goaltenders will not succeed if they allow themselves to always be small goaltenders. And I'm not saying uh, not growing. Um, For instance, UC Soros for Nashville, who we'll see on Sunday, is a small goaltender, doesn't play small, plays big. Alex Nedeljkovic plays his size. He's really good, but he plays his size, and his size is small. And that was a small goaltender allowing a bad goal because he allowed himself to to remain small. Uh, Great shot by Nino, hits off the inside of the near post, then off the inside of the far post, uh, and uh, just makes it... 4-3, 4-3, 18 seconds in. The last goal from Vincent Trocek. Vincent Trocek with the empty net makes it 5-3 final. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network. My partner in grime, Monday through Friday. Uh, this, is, uh, this is our last Friday coming up tomorrow, by the way, or today, depending on when people are listening to this. I assume it's today. Uh, our last Friday before Santa. Are you excited? I am excited. I'm not going to lie. I mean, not because I don't want to see you, but just because uh, it's time for a little, it's time for a little break. Ooh, you know, I'm sure looking, looking forward to that. It sure is. We'll have hurricanes hockey to deal with. Uh, so let's talk about tonight. Uh, broad brush tonight for me, if you will. I mean, 
I mean, I think the prevailing story is just simply that they were able to overcome what really amounts to seven starters gone out of their lineup. And I guess it could be eight, depending on how you feel about Jalen Chatfield at this point. But you had seven starters out. You skated with 16 players tonight. And you're able to put up five goals, albeit against a Detroit team that isn't great, but they're not terrible. They've had their ups and downs this year. They've had a couple of four-game losing streaks. They've also had a five-game winning streak. Um, so I just thought it was, I mean, a fairly well-played game from Carolina. I, I don't even really think they played that poorly. I think they played pretty well, and they did it with just a shortened roster, which I think is commendable. So I like the fact that the attitude was simply like, let's, let's not make an excuse out of it. Let's not let the circumstances beat us. And so I think from that perspective, it was just a really impressive, you know, gutsy style win for them, which, uh, which is good. And also, you know, because we're talking about, oh, well, you know, you're down players and why is the league making them play this game and stuff like that? I mean, especially now that there's a W in the <laughs> standings for this game, I think it's the best thing for it because I, I think it's better for them to go ahead and play them now than it is to try to shoehorn them in yeah. whenever they they would end up doing that, uh, presumably post-Olympic break, you know, potentially in a stretch down, you know, down the stretch as you head into the playoffs. I mean, I think the last thing you want to do is add more games into an already condensed schedule. So, like, I, I understand the complaints. I think a lot of the, um, you know, I think it's unfortunate that, you have to be down this many players and still try to compete at an NHL level. But especially now that there's a W, it's probably the best thing. Is uh, my my quick read on this, and I actually thought about this before the game. Remember last year? Carolina was great last year, except every time they played Detroit, it was a fight. There was just yeah. nothing easy about playing the Red Wings last year. And in a strange way, Carolina's lineup tonight, two men down, three players up from the AHL, missing Aho, Svechnikov, Stahl. I mean, I mean, just Jarvis missing so much firepower. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm generously including Jordan Stahl in the firepower part of this. But missing, missing all of that, they just played a simple kind of gutty game. And that is, that travels, that type of game travels. Uh, And they'll, they'll get two more shots at it on this home little homestand before, uh, before leaving town again for a game. Uh, But you'll get the Kings and Nashville. And uh, by the way, for the game against uh, the Kings on Saturday, they'll call up two more players because they have now unlocked the right. uh, the <laughs> doesn't count against the cap emergency call ups, uh, right. so there you go. Uh, so my guess is that C.J. Smith and Josh Levo will join uh, Nason Podorowski and Jack Drury, and uh, we'll have 
the the top five scorers off the Chicago Wolves roster will all be yeah, here, and, so. And Levo scored a great goal for the Wolves today to propel them to a win with like one point one seconds remaining on the clock. Uh, it's almost like a it's like a video game. Like you've just you've unlocked a new power <laughs> in order to, to gain the extra two players. I mean, I think the whole situation is just stupid that you that you're somehow you can't play with two guys from your minor league today, but then you can on Saturday. And I mean I get I, I get that there are rules. Yeah. This is not nom, there are rules and all this and that. But I mean, for God's sakes, you're down six players to COVID. You're down to you know, the you're you're only abiding by what the league has set forth and I mean what what we all agree to be the safest and he- well, I think we all agree to be the <laughs> safest and healthiest healthiest way to go about this. So like it's it's completely out of their hands, you know? So I don't I just don't understand why the league can't have more common sense. Like you can you can have them t- you can't have them today, but you can have them on Saturday. You can. I mean it just <laughs> it just it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I it understand. really doesn't. I, I, I don't so, disagree with you, but I yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like I mean I just I don't see the competitive disadvantage. You know? I, I mean you're down I mean, especially considering the players that they're down. Right. So um so, yeah, and I said at the beginning, you know, in the Stormwatch today, too, my thoughts on how they win the game were simple, direct, and get good goaltending. And I think for the most part they got that. I'm not sure Freddie was great tonight. No. I think he was good. Yeah. I don't think he was I don't, I don't think he was bad. He was good, not great. And he came up with a big save on Bertuzzi in the third period late when they were making that final push for the extra skater. That was probably – that was our defensive play of the game. Yep on the aftermath today. Um, so they, I think, you know, they did that. Ned gave up what three near side goals tonight. Yeah. Ned, um, tough look. Yeah. Tough look I mean, that's, that, that's, that's one of those games for Ned. It's like, I mean, here you are coming back to PNC for the first time and you got to play a team with 16 skaters. <laughs> so if you get the win, well, you were supposed to get the win against the team that pulled up three guys from the AHL and is skating with 16 people. And if you get the lose, you get the loss, which he did. It's like, dude, how'd you get a loss against a team with 16 skaters? So this is sort of an unfortunate situation in terms of that, but ultimately not that big of a deal. It's just another game on the NHL schedule, as you and I have discussed in the past. But uh, good win, man. Good win for it was, Carolina. It, it was a good win. I, uh, D- Detroit is a capable team uh, that's got a lot of promise. Uh, the other best save from Freddie was one on Philip Zadina um, that he got yeah. over with the glove. And, and Zadina is a guy that has given Carolina trouble, as has Adam Ernie, who didn't really impact the game tonight. And that was good. And I'm just glad Anthony Mantha doesn't play for uh, the yeah. Red Wings anymore because he always seems to score. On uh, on <laughs> on Carolina, uh, I'm I'm not sure. I said and I said this in the first part of the pod. I think it was the players who missed the game. To me, are way more the story than the fact that Carolina only played 16 skaters. Because I mean, in the f- third period, 
I mean, Rod barely plays his bottom pair or his third or his fourth line. So right. it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, it was a big deal. I'm not trying to say it wasn't. Uh, if if it was if it wasn't a big deal to play with 16, uh, then more teams would play with 16. Uh, but yeah. but it it is a big deal. But to me, the fact that they went into this game, no Aho, no Stall, no Svechnikov, and I thought one of the uh, like maybe maybe more than one. Uh, but some of the best performances came from guys who had to step into different roles. Vincent Trocek had to play top-line center minutes tonight, and I mm-hmm. thought Trocek was awesome tonight. Uh, they emptied yeah. that goal, whatever. I don't care. Uh, but I thought he was great tonight. I thought Kokinayemi played really well tonight. I he did had too. The one mistake on the on the goal that made it 2-2, he just wasn't... wasn't Larkin uh, goal. Uh, yeah, the Larkin goal wasn't high enough. He needed to be up higher uh, when yeah. Pesci came down. Pesci nearly made it three one on that play. He should have scored. Yeah, Pesci, Pesci screwed Kokinian <laughs> on purpose. He did yeah. it on purpose. Uh, but I thought, it, I mean, especially the play he made on the Drury goal, uh, just to hold yeah. it against the wall and to buy time. Uh, but I thought no, he I played thought, well. I thought Natchez played really well tonight. Yeah, I thought Natchez, Foss. Trocheck, Kokiniemi. I thought they were all pretty good tonight. Uh, the I, I wanted to give Kokiniemi a, a a star tonight, but I couldn't look past the goal that Larkin scored. Okay. Um, but I thought he was really good. I mean, I, he was yeah. around it all night. Yep. He uh, his expected goals I think was like second highest on the team, or something like that. So I, I loved his game. Um. But I, I kind of agree with you. Like for all the hand wringing that there was about, oh, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be making the Hurricanes play this game. Blah blah blah. I never felt that worried about it. Right. Like <laughs> I always felt like it was, it was a winnable game. Sure. Like I, I just, I just didn't feel that concerned. You know, uh, maybe I should have. I'm not sure, and maybe it was just the opponent. Right, but. It just never, like, I didn't find myself going, I can't believe they're making the Canes play. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in this defeatist, like, victim victim role right. for the Hurricanes tonight because I just, I kind of, I, I know how their, I know how their, their culture is. I know their coaches. They had a full NHL defense they tonight. <laughs> and they had, I mean, Slavin got my third star tonight. Okay, you, look, Jacob Slavin was Jacob Slavin tonight. Yeah, but he um, only played twenty three fifty five. Yeah, which I think still led the team. It did, <laughs> but but I mean, uh, I mean, Pesci I thought was pretty good tonight. Yep, and he <laughs> just hasn't played since November twenty eighth. <laughs> I thought D'Angelo was pretty good tonight, mm-hmm. other than getting bumped off the puck behind the net for the Gagne goal. Um, I thought he was pretty good. He obviously scored a goal. He's got now points in five of his last six games. So they had the defense. They have a goaltender. They have enough regulars to play. And, you know, Drury has shown us that he can play. Yeah. I mean, I know it was just a, I know it was just a preseason and it's tough to judge those things a lot of times against the competition you're playing and the line mates you're playing with and all this and that, but Drury can play. 
You know, he puts himself in good spots. He was he was around it tonight. Yes, he was. Uh, not not just on the the goal he scored, but elsewhere in the game too. I think he was third highest expected goal on the team tonight. So, I mean, I think there's probably a there's Drury could be in the league if he if there was if there was more room. There's no question but about there that. isn't. If if they yeah. had gone to training camp with uh with a legit opportunity for him to to win a job as let's just say fourth line center i think he would have won it but there really wasn't a spot for him right you know there really wasn't a spot for jarvis but once he got the opportunity and they were hell bent on giving him the chance once he got the opportunity and started playing well they were like okay well he belongs uh, mm-hmm. I think Jack Drury is an NHL player today. Agree. Uh, but there's just no room for him when they're completely healthy. Um, but, man, I, I loved his game. Lo- like, do I think he was first star good? No. No. <laughs> he wasn't the best player on the in the game. Uh, but, you know, he was very good tonight. I, I, re- I loved everything about it. Also won six out of his eight face-offs. Yes, I noticed that. So I, know that. I did get I did give him my first star, you know, ceremonially. Okay, but I agree fine. with the, I agree with you. Uh, I said, so, so you you bought you bought into the uh, the arena mystique. Yeah, I I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I gave I gave into I gave into the traditional star giving uh, pattern. It's fine. It's but okay. I mean what what yeah I mean what are you going to do in the arena? You had to do it. Sure, I got you know, no problem. The, the, only, the only way he's not getting it after that is if Nino had scored a third goal. <laughs> right, hat trick. No, I think he would. Drury would have gotten it anyway. <laughs> which is tough. It's tough for Nino. He's like, dude, I scored two goals on the second star. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, including the game winner. Yep. Yeah. Look, he, I thought uh, you know it's 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 funny with all the guys that are out. And all the guys that they needed to play well. Like, I don't think there was anybody that didn't play well tonight. I mean, they really did. I mean, across the board. Brendan Smith made some plays. Uh, actually, if there was anybody who struggled a little bit, it's Ethan Bear, and he just didn't play a lot. Uh, and I get, I, I assume that at some point uh, he'll get his game back. Uh, but they've got, they've got depth. When Chatfield is healthy, Chatfield can play in place of Ethan Bear. Chat, Chatfield's a good player. Legit good player. Uh, and I think Bear, Bear's going to be fine. It's just he's just kind of fighting it right now. And he, who, know, who knows what, what the impact COVID had right. on him because of all the uh, of all the players in the Hurricanes who got COVID, he was the one that actually had some symptoms. Everybody else was symptom-free of COVID. Ajo had yeah. some sort of an illness before he got COVID. So Yeah, and I mean, last year we saw... With Tavo, it took him a little while to, to get back, and he got it. And then he got so, I mean, then he just, got a concussion. I mean, it's just everybody handles it differently. Everyone deals with whatever comes with it differently. So, I mean, I'm not not necessarily surprised. I'm also not that worried. Did you see? By the way, Montreal played at home tonight with no fans. I did because I saw the, I guess the season ticket holders sort of rallied a boycott essentially. Yeah, they uh, the province of Quebec asked them to play without fans tonight. Okay, so so was that about COVID or no, was that no, about no, with, about the team? COVID? 
No, about COVID. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> the province of Quebec is protesting against how bad the Canadians are. <laughs> yeah, I, I legit thought that's what it was. No, it's it COVID. They want uh, okay. they 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 want like a week of no gatherings. Okay. They're trying to uh, stem. Look, there are people in the NFL right now uh, who who think that the entire NFL should should not play this week, even though we have uh, we have a game going on as we speak right now. Uh, the Chargers were leading the Chiefs by a touchdown, in the uh, actually by eight points, I believe. Nice. I took the Chargers and placed your bets today. Did you? They were home dogs. Yeah, I would have taken the Chargers too. They were like home plus one fifty. They were like plus one fifty five at home. I would have. Uh, I would have taken the Chargers too. I don't know if they're uh, what, what the score is now, but uh, Patrick Mahomes threw an interception uh, on his own too. So that's that's never a good thing. He stinks. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, you know, it's, what's what's interesting to me about this, just to go back, twenty eight twenty one Chargers. 28-21. All right, so st- still a game. Maybe I'll... Yeah, uh, maybe I'll oh, 150 something left? I won't see any 156. of it. 156. I won't see any of it. But we'll, we'll be quick here. Um, I do think that if the, the, the Hurricanes will play over the next five games before the holiday, they will play similarly to how they played in Brendan Moore's first year. It's going to be a, a very north-south style, and I think that will suit them very well. Just rely on your blue line uh, to, 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 to clean everything up and just play an aggressive. The forecheck was very good tonight. Uh, other than the middle part of the second period, the forecheck was very good tonight, um, and everybody contributed to it. They were really, really good now, maybe it's just Detroit, and Detroit's not great on the back end, um, and they're not. But uh, I thought Carolina's forecheck was excellent tonight. But I think it's gonna we're going to see a lot of that. All right, Alec, who were your, uh, your three stars? So I had Slavin 3, Nino 2, Drury 1. Slavin 3, Nino 2, Drury 1. All right. Um, yeah. the only, look, I'm, I'm certainly never going to argue when Jacob Slavin is given a star. Uh, I thought you could have made a, made a case, even though D'Angelo got beat for that goal. You could have made a case for Tony D'Angelo too. I thought D'Angelo was a was an impactful player. I love the tenacity that he played with in the third period. Was the who was the was it the battle with Larkin along the uh, along the wall? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, but mm-hmm. I gave my third star to Drury. I gave my second star to Vincent Trocheck. For 20, what was the uh, the total? 23, 29, most among forwards. Uh, and I gave my first star to uh, the guy who scored two goals, who I thought played a really good physical, uh, you know, north-south game otherwise. Uh, I thought yeah. Nino played a really good game. Uh, Nino's been and, good. And he played 19-57, a season-high in minutes for Nino Niederreiter. So uh, good good job by him. I loved, uh, I loved his game. So no doubt about it. I mean, Nino. I think Nino's been good a lot this year. I think he's been, I think he's been getting chances. He hasn't. He's gone through some stretches where he hasn't finished, but for the most part, he's he's been getting a ton of chances. Yeah, I and, loved his uh, game before the injury 
because I thought his game in all three zones was exceptional. I don't think it's been as good uh, in the defensive zone or the neutral zone uh, since he's come back, but uh, I thought he was great all over the ice tonight. Um, And that's, to me, that's when he's doing that, he gets, you know, Ajo talks about it all the time. It's like, it all starts there. Everything starts at the defensive end. Uh, and when Nino's concentrating on that part of the game, I think he's a better player. But, I, you know, he's not paid. He's not paid to lock, to lock somebody down. But this is going to be good for, for guys like Nino. I think Martin Natchez has an opportunity here to establish himself, you know, as a top-flight player here. Without, without all these guys here, he is needed. He's going to be relied upon. I thought again. I thought he was great tonight. Twenty three, twenty for Martin. Yeah, no, I like I liked uh, Natchez's game tonight too. Yeah, over twenty. I mean, Natchez, Natchez, Foss, Kokaniemi, um, Nino. Um, there was one other one in there that I thought was bad. I mean, I think all all those yeah. guys were good. Like, I mean, for the most part, we're talking about. I, I don't. I don't know. If depth players is the is the right word. Depth forwards, because they're they're more than that. I think in terms of impact, but you know they're not Aho and they're not Svechnikov and they're not Tavo Teravainen. Right. So they're they're more like secondary, secondary scoring forwards. I thought they all stepped up on night when they needed to. When is it too late to decorate a tree? Well. You are asking someone whose family waited until the last minute to do any of that kind of stuff. Really? Growing up. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't even really... I, I remember we didn't even get trees sometimes until like the 20th. <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean... And then it was up like through January. Oh, okay, no. We will we'll yeah. take ours down New Year's Day. Although here's the uh, here's the thing, um, we'll we'll at least undress it New Year's Day. Um, the normally we get the tree Thanksgiving weekend. This year we got it the week after, and um, but it's it's been up now in the house for two weeks, up in the stand drinking water. And we have not put anything on it yet. See, I think that's the big, I think that's the better question is not how late is too late to decorate the tree, but how long has your tree been standing there naked without being without being decorated? Yeah, <laughs> like like if you don't get your tree until the twentieth, but then you decorate it immediately, like I don't think there's much of an issue there. Yeah. But if you've gotten your tree and you've done all that and you've done that, you've completed that step and you just haven't done the decorations for a while, that's a bigger deal. Who says you have to decorate it? Nobody. You can do whatever you want. Your tree. You're an adult. It's your house. Your tree. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. That's a good point. I'm going to argue. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to bring that to the committee tomorrow. I've I'm decided actually down with it. We're not going to put lights on it. I'm down with it because all it means for me is less work. Yeah, I'm the light and guy. I'm always, I'm always here for less work. Yeah, I'm the light guy. The lights like, are the hardest part. 
we didn't get a tree this year. We didn't. We haven't done a ton of decorating this year, and that's okay with me. So where do, where are you going to leave the presents Christmas morning? Where's I'm sorry. Where is Santa going to going to leave the presents Christmas morning? Um, I actually think we have like a like a little fake tree, right? Like a decorative, like uh, it's like white or silver or something like that. We'll right. probably just use that. What do, do you have stockings? We do. We do have stockings. Hi, oh, that's fine. Uh, just we have sto- we have stockings up. We have wreaths on the windows. We there have candles in the windows. We have garland around our doorway. A wreath on the door. Um, You've decorated for Christmas then. There's some stuff up in the house. Um, yeah, we've done a little bit, but just not the normal. I wouldn't say. Yeah, so the the only where the only place we're ahead of you is that we actually have a tree standing up in the house. It's not decorated, but that's the only See, where, I, the only place we lead. Yeah, I I live uh, with an interior designer, so <laughs> there's no like there's no not decorating. It's getting decorated. Do you have a nutcracker? Yes, we do have a nutcracker. Do you know those things are we insane? Are they? I have no idea if they're any good. I've never used one. I don't really care. Uh, But I used to work for a radio station in Baltimore. And I know this is thrilling for the podcast listeners. Uh, But I used to work for a radio station in Baltimore, WBAL, uh, Heritage, flagship station of the Orioles. It's uh, one of those old, uh, old old-timey AM radio stations. And every Christmas season, they would do like three days at a place called Valley View Farms, which was essentially a big nursery. But during the holidays, uh, they sell a whole bunch of fake Christmas trees already decorated uh, for like $1,000. No joke. Uh, But a guy, they they would fly over a guy from Germany who makes those nutcrackers those you know in different uniforms and different uh period dress and all of that and he makes them and they sell they sell for like hundreds of dollars and all i could think of was like why would anybody want one of these and no one does anyone actually crack their nuts in it I, I mean, like I've never, I've never actually done it. I've never seen anyone do it. I don't know. I couldn't get that up, that high up on the mantle to do that. Um, yeah. The no, I, like if I want a walnut, then I'm going to go to the kitchen drawer. I'm going to pull mm-hmm. out the nutcracker and I'm going to crack the walnuts. Right. I'm not putting it in the soldier's mouth. Right. Exactly. It was. It's exactly. an insane. I I was just stunned. Hundreds of yeah, dollars but- for these. But it's just decorative. I don't think it's functional, which is fine. They, um, these I people mean, lined up. They were right. lined up to see this guy. Unreal. What a life. All right, that's it. Let me. I got. A, I got a question for you. Sure. All right. So tonight, we witnessed myself and Dennis Cox a proposal. Okay. In the like kind of. Like, we sit above the 300. Right. So it was, like, right below us and down to the right a little bit. Okay. All right? These were two Red Wing fans. So I don't know how they, they did not get the Jumbotron stormy treatment. I don't know if 
if that was just worked out ahead of time or what the deal was, but there was a proposal up there and the question came up because uh, Dennis videoed it and put it out on, put it out on Twitter. And I had retweeted it with, I guess they don't get the jumbotron uh, treatment. And I got a tweet from somebody that said, couldn't splurge for lower level on such a big night. So I put it to you. Is it necessary if you're going to propose at the game to splurge for the lower level? No, it's not. I don't think yeah. it is. I don't. Oh, See, I, as long as they were having a I good think time. It is. I mean, listen, maybe the money got tied up in the ring, right? Or maybe, maybe they went to dinner beforehand. Maybe they did. Or maybe, maybe they won the tickets. tickets. Maybe they won the tickets. Maybe those are season tickets. But if they're season tickets, do you upgrade? I mean, I would think that if you were proposing and you were, you were already in on, you know, whatever you were in for, the ring, right. the dinner, all that stuff, apparently lower-level tickets were 50 bucks tonight. I mean, I think you got to splurge the extra 100 to do this in the lower bowl. Well, here's my feeling. Uh if you're going to propose at a hockey game, you should sit outside. <laughs> yeah. See, I, well, you know, I, I would, I, I generally agree with that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand proposing at at, at games. I, I just, I don't understand I don't know, but, proposing but also, in front of a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, but then again, it's like sort of to each his own. I mean, you got to know. Yeah the person you're proposing to, I mean, maybe that's their thing. Like maybe that's what they've always wanted. You know, maybe you've had this discussion, right? And so I don't want to completely dismiss it out of hand because these things are personalized to, to each couple. I would have been absolutely tarred and feathered had I done that. Yes. And in general, I don't, I don't understand why you would want to do it at a, at a sporting event or a big event like that. But, at the same time, I do allow for some room for, you know, you you understanding the person that you're proposing to, and that potentially being something that they would want. Well, first of all, did, you, did she say yes? She did say yes. She did say yes. Oh. She was very happy. So he was fine. Even a, that he was fine in the yeah. upper deck. Yeah, yeah. She she was very happy. So, I mean, uh, if she had said no, then I think there would be more uh, more proof. That he should have splurged for lower bowl seats. No, it just it came up, so I was interested in your take. <laughs> uh, all right, good win, Alec Campbell. You're a good egg, and uh, we'll uh, I don't know. We'll make we'll make an omelet tomorrow. <laughs> all right, sounds good, man. Later, all right, bro. All right, everybody, go home. We'll do this again on Saturday after the Canes and the Kings. The Canes will have 18 players. Good to guess it'll be C.J. Smith and Josh Lavo called up from Chicago. But who knows? Maybe it'll be somebody else. Uh, Canes win it 5-3 over the Red Wings. And uh, we're going to call that a night on the Canes Corner Podcast. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Windows, bay windows, bow windows. Maybe you know the difference between the two. I know who does. Sammy Hanna and his crew 
Free no obligation estimate online at aluminumcompany.com. Also, follow the Cades Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. And we thank you very much for your time. We're here after every Hurricanes game with the morning after pod. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.